Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nature, welcome everyone to episode 83 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between, and as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram. Follow Built in Buffalo and everything they're doing at Built in Buffalo underscore. Check out all the content they're giving you every single day. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? So good day to Witty Nation. New gift starts in a week. Reds, whites, and blues are the colors we choose. More weapons on offense we seek. So Godspeed to Big Baller Bean. Well, Dave Taylor ballot for you. Wow. And the be- Woody Nathan. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I, I go through, of course, we gave a game. Yeah. In remembrance of James Hardy. Yeah. The real people we gave. <laughs> right. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, no, that was that was lovely, Tony. I almost shed a single tear. I don't know the song. I don't know James Town. I'm not a fan, but I might go listen to the actual song now because that sounded peaceful. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it, it is very peaceful. I mean, it is a lullaby. But I changed the words to Good Day to Woody Nathan because I did not want them falling asleep for this episode. <laughs> Not for number 83. Not for number 83. The Lee Evans episode? If that's where your mind goes with 83. Where does your mind go with 83? Under each. Oh, him too. That's right. Who should forget? I mean, I, I like to think that when we have a, you know, like an episode of a number of a of a true, like, you know, of a Hall of Famer, basically, that like the press is really on. Right. I, th- I think so. It means we have to step <laughs> up a little. Not a time to screw around. This is the episode they play at the audio you know at the audio bodies exhibit <laughs> at the audio exhibits in canton podcast awards yeah at the NPR radio awards <laughs> yeah we're going for most improved podcasts this year <laughs> comeback podcast of the year Ooh, comeback podcast of the year. you know that that's an award i can be proud of yeah award we could all be proud of. <laughs> tony what else yeah. is going on other than you uh Writing some some sweet lullabies. Mm, uh, the mouse situation, by the way. I think the update. Was something we wouldn't bring it up because okay, well, I did. Every time, and as as we all know, I do record from my basement. <laughs> so basically, ever since the incident happened, that uh, I had an audience during one of our last records. You're headed on a swivel. Yeah. Yes. I guess it's been the whole time sitting on my couch, just like looking at every wall, looking at every corner, just it's scared to see something moving that's not supposed to be moving. No. Keeping you in your favorite I'm enjoying the time guarding the basement from the inside out, taking in the favorite game, and ready to get witty. That's it. Let's get witty with it. Uh, Tony, before we get into. The Bills, a lot of Bills news this week, good and bad. I, I don't know if it's 
safe to say, but I think it's a big week for Tony. <laughs> a lot of uh, your hit list of players are are in the news this week for the Bills. So <laughs> we'll get into that. I have my finger on the pole. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's almost like there's a leak in the fan advisory board through the organization. Okay, well, let's not. I think they don't freaking need a personnel decision. Yeah. But, yeah. But it is. Um, you are assistant to the traveling secretary, right? Yeah, in some way. In some ways, you know, I hear things. It's not that I'll hear things through the grapevine, but I can infer. I can infer. <laughs> we got a lot of big Bills news to get, but let's first go around the NFL because there's a lot of big news. Free agency right on the cusp here it's about to to kick off uh, a lot of moves and being made a lot of trades happening that don't affect the bills directly but kind of do because our competition is getting shifted strong i don't even know how to explain it but tony let's start off with what i thought was the biggest news of the week around the nfl and that's the denver broncos trading for russell wilson now it is just a murderer's row of quarterbacks in the not only AFC West, but the AFC. AFC West alone, you have Mahomes, Wilson, Herbert, and Derek Carr. And add that in the whole conference with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. And it's it's just looking uh, more difficult for the Bills. The Denver Broncos, of course, traded for Russell Wilson, giving back to Seattle, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, defensive tackle, and a bevy of picks. Just uh, this year's first round pick, next year's first round pick, this year's second round pick, and and so much more. Tony, how does this move the needle for you in terms of the Bills and their uh, Super Bowl hopes? The needle has not moved at all. No? Really? Denver is still not that good. I saw someone tweet about it, and they basically said, wow, shockwaves in the AFC West, where Denver moves from having the fourth-worst quarterback to the third-worst quarterback <laughs> in the division. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson's good. They also gave up everything else. They're still kind of not that good, I think. They just have a good quarterback, and that's kind of where it ends, and a lot to prove it. I think they would need to really swing some things around on other sides of the ball and in other roles of the team before I'm even thinking about it. And if they are good, all right, then the AFC West can just eat each other alive, and we'll go right into the first uh, seed. That was exactly what I was thinking right when this I heard or read about this trade or heard about this trade was, man, the AFC West is just going to like cannibalize itself now. Between, yeah. And that's fine. Like if, if that whole division goes, you know, nine and nine and eight, because they're all just good teams, just putting games against each other. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. It, and if they wear each other out before the playoffs, I'm I'm a okay with that. Yeah, it's it's tougher now for the Bills. Like there's a there's another Wilson had a down year last year. He had a finger injury uh, in the second half of the year, which equated to that. But he's still a top what? He's still a top fifteen, top twelve quarterback in this league. And now when you look at even the top ten quarterbacks, let's say Russell Wilson is a top ten quarterback, I'd say like seven maybe eight of the top 10 quarterbacks now are in the AFC yeah which is scary. true I don't know if it's scary because I I feel like you got to be putting some respect on this man but you can do the top eight but why am I worried about three through eight <laughs> when we when, when we have one or two yeah that's sort of saying yeah I mean that that's a that's another way to look at it as well we're not a Denver or we're not a Seattle was Russell Russell Wilson was a little perturbed at his lack of involvement in team building, uh, which makes me very happy with the stories coming out of Bill's camp that Josh Allen is 
involved with maybe endorsing Ken Dorsey for offensive coordinator, maybe making other personnel decisions that fit Josh Allen's wants and needs. And it seems that seems to be, as we'll get into Aaron Rodgers in a minute here, but that seems to be the theme with these quarterbacks and the players have control. Like the players have a lot of leverage in this league and they're calling the shots. And a lot of people just aren't happy with their situations and just say, I want out or demand a trade or threaten to retire or whatever. I'm just glad we have, have a quarterback who's a very talented on the field. B has a good head on his shoulders off the field and C is locked up for a, a long while in an organization he wants to be at an organization he wants to succeed at and wants the fans to uh, share in that that success so it just makes me happy reading stories from the rogers camp and the wilson camps about their dissatisfaction with their organizations and their involvement in that that allen and Bean and McDermott seem to be on the same page in terms of getting input from Josh Allen, your franchise player. Does it make you fearful a little that uh, about the precedent that this sets around the league in terms of a couple of kind of ways of looking at it? The first be like, okay, I think about the Rodgers camp, and then I also think about the Rodgers extension, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to. And it's mostly curious of like how much of that is could have been used for financial leverage. Like, oh, I know you're complaining a lot, so we'll just pay you more. Right. And then the other sort of like thought mindset of it would be if these quarterbacks do have such wild influence, uh, which I totally understand because they're insanely good quarterbacks and the team success starts and ends with them. And everyone knows it. And the last thing you want to do is like, they're kind of like keeping teams held hostage to not be the 2014 Bills. Exactly. You know, like, like they're like, well, I could go, I could go, and then you'd be in quarterback purgatory for who knows how long. <laughs> right. And it makes me think, so what happens if and when Josh, what if the money gets to him? What if success gets to him? What if all of a sudden he's a major star and he gets kind of a different mindset and all of a sudden we have a season where we're nine and eight and we don't make the playoffs and all of a sudden it starts to think, oh, maybe I should cut bait and get out of here and the alarm bells are going and he overreacts. I don't think that he's of the character to do that. That's what that's what um, I'm saying. I well, I don't think now he's of the character to do that, but fast forward five years, who knows the person he'll grow into. I think he's all right. <laughs> I think he, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. He'll probably be all right. He'll probably be all right. Like I said, I think we're fortunate that he has a, has a good head on his shoulders. He doesn't seem yet. And now, now you're scaring me, and he's going to have this like villainous turn in his fifth year. Well, I, I think five years ago we wouldn't be talking about Aaron Rodgers the way we talk about him. That's true. Yeah, yeah. What what happened with him? I mean, four year extension with the Packers. 200 million, 50 million a year when not the highest paid quarterback in the league now. That Josh Allen contract's looking actually pretty good now. <laughs> we're seeing yeah, yeah. Rodgers. <laughs> you know, we're seeing Rodgers figures. You're right, though. Like five years ago, like he was the golden player. He was normal. <laughs> normal is the correct way to put it. He was calling his mom to see if she was okay in, in wildfires in California. No, he was never doing that. But $200 million, Aaron Rodgers, can buy you a lot of calling cards now to call your parents to see if they're okay. So, because we know that guy's calling on burners. To do it, bum. Yeah, absolutely. He's calling on burners. <laughs> That's State Farm money. 
Got to use it towards something. Might as well use burner phones. He essentially, like you said, held held the Green Bay Packers hostage. I mean, they drafted a first-round quarterback in Jordan Love a couple years ago as the successor of Aaron Rodgers because of the the unsuredness of the Rodgers situation and what he would do. I mean, he threatened to retire. He had a whole campaign to host Jeopardy. Just anything he could have done to give uncertainty to the, his status with the organization he did and he won like that's that's the crazy thing is like like i said the players have all the leverage he won with through all this threatening through all this retirement talk and all these wishy-washy threats he made he ended, he ended up winning so i just i i hope josh allen doesn't take that villainous turn and i don't know the aaron Rodgers situation is really an interesting experiment i think in terms of players say and what leverage they hold over an organization it's a, it's a wild precedent well maybe because aaron Rodgers lost it i don't know who knows maybe <laughs> and as as we discussed in other podcasts we know there's one person to blame Shailene Olivia Olivia. Mon. oh i was going with the i was going with the non-fiance now you think he's so good she left him for Mulaney? I know, yeah. I mean, I think that you want a little famous athlete, and you look at John Mulaney from Southern Chicago, right. and you're saying, that's who I'm losing out to? Should we recall our John Mulaney bit? John Mulaney? Yeah, I do remember that. That guy? That was a good bit. We just got a good bit. That was a good bit. I bet the too much tuna guy, John Mulaney? Mulaney? From Mulaney? The wildly unsuccessful sitcom, Mulaney? You know, Fox gave it a chance. It was going to find its way. It was not going to. It was awful. There was any improvement over the course of the episodes. The live audience didn't seem to think so. The progress isn't linear. <laughs> Brandon Bean. That's true. Brandon Bean. Good call. It's the only time we'll ever relate Brandon Bean to John Mulaney on this podcast. Trust me. I bet you got three or four more tonight alone. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it, Tony. I am I am challenging you oh. to compare anything John Mulaney does with a with a Brandon Bean action. I'm, I'm writing a post bit. Look for it throughout the night. <laughs> Note to myself. We'll keep tabs. Uh Tony, the other big story is Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. Kelvin Ridley suspended a whole year for gambling. He he Pete Rose the NFL and uh he's losing out on a, a small sum of money, about eleven million dollars next year, for what he claimed he bet only fifteen hundred, which who knows if that's true or not. What are, what are your thoughts about this? It's, it's it's an interesting like ethical discussion considering the NFL. We we look for stronger punishments from the NFL for it seems like much more egregious violations such as domestic yeah. abuse or DUIs and and things like that. Roger Goodell put out a statement that said there's nothing more fundamental to the NFL success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. This is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and everyone employed in the league. So to me, Roger Goodell saying, if the integrity of the league is compromised in any way, that holds more weight than if the integrity of a single individual is compromised in any certain way. There, there's no reason Kel, Calvin really what he did was wrong. I'm not trying to explain what Cal, Calvin really did was right or not wrong in any way. It, it was wrong. Is it worth a season long suspension when other guys have gotten six games for, like I said, domestic abuse and much worse things than than gambling? 
it's an interesting, I think, conversation, interesting penalty, interesting story, actually. Yeah, sorry. I was just distracted by, the and I know you'll edit this out, or maybe you won't. I might. No, no, not the mouse. No, I was distracted by the end of the favorite game here. Are you watching this? Yes. The method from Anderson's parents on here. Yeah, for his 300th win. This favorite game was everything you'd want it to be. Right. Krebs and Tuck get gold. You know, moment at the end of Anderson, like seeing the team united. Right. You know, for the first time, like we got to write them off. Jack doesn't do anything. Jack doesn't do anything. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, what we come to know. (laughs) Right. The only the only bad thing about this game was because the Sabres did play really well. Uh, this is going off on a tangent, yeah. but and and there was a lot of buzz on the ice and in the arena because I think this is probably the most highly attended game of the year. Yeah, and unfortunately, Rick Jenneret's not calling it. <laughs> like right, like that. Yeah. That's uh, I wanted to hear Rick Jenneret while I was watching TV, not uh John Bukagross and Ray Ferraro or whoever it was. But that was the only downfall. But yes, it was an oddly nice moment for. A Sabres team that has not had any nice moments yeah. in its recent history. So, thanks for nothing, Echo. Is that what the sign said? Yeah, was just, like the first time the glass said, I love you, number nine, Jack Eichel. It was like a little girl. And the next time they showed was this grown man. It was just, said, Thanks for nothing, Eichel. <laughs> yeah, no no scoring like the 40 year old middle aged man of Buffalo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hell had no fury than that guy. Hell had no fury then. Crab Apple customer regular on Thursday night. <laughs> right. <laughs> but good good one for the Sabres. You're right. Definitely former Vegas Knights themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig Anderson showing that, hey, you can still do stuff at forty plus years old. Mm-hmm. Don't give up the dream, kids. Yeah. <laughs> he does not like the HL player. It was everything it could have been. It was all it was all a good sports moment. It was. Tonight game. Now back to gambling. <laughs> What the hell are we talking about? Well, I did gamble on tonight's game. <laughs> oh, there you go. Way to try this in. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you use Talbot Ridley as your bookie? Nah, I wish I did, because maybe I would have gotten better odds. <laughs> but that guy, um, yeah, I don't know that I have, I don't really know that I have strong opinions on the Talbot Ridley situation. Honestly, I agree with you that there's a double standard sort of being taken here like this. This is what automatically suspends someone for a year. But the precedent is also set in sports, in professional sports, that this is an incredibly harsh punishment for doing for doing something like this. Right. Uh, so I would say that there uh, is nothing right about what he did, but I would say it's an opportunity for the league to self-reflect um, on the prioritizing. Especially a league that embraces or has embraced gambling yeah. as part of its like economic structure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They need gambling. So I, I get it. Like if you have a player who people who are gambling on the games think the league is tainted in any way, they're not going to gamble on the NFL. So from a financial standpoint, probably with the NFL, like I, I get this. And obviously this is the first domino to fall in the, the crosshairs of NFL and gambling that, that a player is involved with. So obviously the penalty is going to be harsh. But again, when you compare it to some things other players have done, it goes like back to the whole like Josh Gordon thing. Like should Josh Gordon keep getting suspended because he, he smokes weed? But again, it's not as bad as a domestic abuse case or any kind of DUI that can actually put people in harm's way. This is a this is a league who like invited Greg Hardy back with open arms, and that's just bothersome to me. 
honestly. This is one of those stories that come in the NFL that can really prompt a lot of discussion for people who have podcasts, but I've like already forgotten about this. Yeah. Like it's the same as if he retired young. Right. You're like, all right, well, he's out of the mix now. I can't do that. That's all I need to know. Because I don't, don't have any, like, I don't have any kind of emotional reaction to this. Like, I particularly have a, some kind of moral stance on gambling, sports gambling, or even player sports gambling. I mean, I know you're not supposed to do it. I get why you're not supposed to do it. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Final note I had from the NFL was the NFL Combine took place, which is much happier than talking about mm. players being suspended for a year. Tony, any players stick out to you? I would say several players stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. anybody, um, anybody I, who's, who's tickling your fancy? I, I got some. I got some crushes developing. Yeah, I got some crushes developing out there. Uh, I went into the combine keeping an eye on, thinking that maybe this guy Calvin Austin is going to impress me. And did you know what happened, Matt? He did impress. Calvin Austin fucking impressed me. <laughs> he did. It was it was just what I was looking for. I kind of thought I'm like of of all like the hyped up sort of speedy receivers that I was looking at, and you know that that's kind of something I hope we acquire in the off season. I was thinking already, I'm like, I bet you Calvin Austin's going to be my guy. Is he your replacement? I mean, he's only five seven. I'm saying, I, 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 your pardon. I'm not ready to call anyone a replacement to Isaiah McKenzie. He's not gone yet. Okay. We still got six days. <laughs> and I'm hoping Isaiah McKenzie is going to end up being a bill. Might do. Yeah. But I do also, I see, I don't see it as like a, I don't see it as an Isaiah McKenzie replacement because I don't think that it's the same. I see it as a, I see it as another, another layer. Yeah. Yeah. Another weapon, another layer of playmaking. For a guy who's crazy fast, a super athlete, really what I'm trying to say in my mind is like, yeah, you're Calvin Austin, all of a sudden, like, we have a woman who can develop into, like, a Harry Pill, sort of just, like, just get him the ball and let him work kind of situation. Of course, last year, one of my big draft crackers was Anthony Schwartz. Of course. We went to the Browns, and I was all uppity about it. <laughs> but I'm hoping, uh, I don't know, I like Calvin Austin. He definitely stick out to me. Of course, of course, Tariq Woolen stood out to me and yep. did it to many people. Uh, as I'm looking at corners, I really like the idea of having a speedy corner, too, if we're going to be facing a lot of speed. Let's have someone that can go toe-to-toe with him, so that's pretty cool. And there a lot was made out of his fluidity, after watching several years of the Combine, what we're kind of supposed to be looking for. So I was pretty, pretty impressed with that. I was really into that. Someone that I did not think I was going to be impressed by, but ended up being impressed by, was this linebacker. I didn't think I'd be impressed by any linebackers. Right. But, and I wasn't even kind of like, like I didn't want to be impressed by a linebacker because I want to feel like our linebacker situation is stable. But I was surprised that I kind of looked at Trayvon Walker. And a lot of people text me and a lot of people were ta- are talking to me about like how they are tempted by, by other linebackers. But Trayvon Walker is coming in as a freak athlete. And I'm really impressed. 35.5 vertical, running a 4.51, just really jumping off the page. Tall, tall kid, really solid subtle. Second best settle in the combine. Third best settle in the combine. He's from, so, he's from Georgia, right? He was from Georgia. That Georgia defense was silly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm really getting into this idea of Trayvon Walker because I've really been warmed up to the idea that, oh, let's just get a bunch of really freak athletes and let them develop super fast. Yeah. And, and basically, I say that just because I like Spencer Brown pretty much. And so I'm like, ah, oh, 
if Trayvon Walker is Spencer Brown of linebackers, he could be if he becomes a bill. I just kind of into that. I'm just kind of intrigued by that idea. Elite athletes? Um, yeah. Yeah. Freak, freak tall athletes that are going to be that are just going to be like these highlight reels of insane catches, insane playing, insane playmaking. I'm looking at that, and you know another guy I'm impressed by that I want to bring up. You know that the quarterback room is empty right now except for Josh. <laughs> let's let's bring very late round. Probably would be dumb to draft him. I'm looking at EJ Perry from Brown University. Okay. Everything's out of nowhere. Has nothing to do with his combine performance. Has everything to do with a video on Twitter that I saw of him staying after the combine to clean up all the garbage that everyone else left on the bench. And you know, Bills fans need someone to clean up the garbage, whether they're at the airport leaving garbage around at the tailgate. Mm-hmm. We need a guy who will clean up the garbage. Like, I mean, we're worried about paying for a new stadium. Yeah. This guy does many jobs in one. He's a major money saver. Yeah. He's a bargain. You want to talk about... He can do it all. Whatever the, the opposite of a cab casualty is, this guy's saving, right. saving you money. He's still there. Yeah, it's worth the investment. Jan- Danny King, you're out. EJ Perry in. <laughs> you're in. EJ Perry can run the refuse. <laughs> That's right. We can run the refuse with that thing. Oh, where's the playbook while he's at it? All the better. Sure. Why not? Here's here's a play. It's a, it's a goodwill hunting situation. I mean, it might be. Someone with character like that. That's the kind of guy I want to root for on the Bills. <laughs> yes, that is, a, that is a process guy through and through. No, I like all those picks. Uh, Calvin Austin, shortest guy to record an 11, or 11 foot broad jump, which was crazy he's got crazy speed coming out of memphis I, I like all those picks that georgia defense was was a beast and the guys that impressed me i'm going right back to that georgia defense and i'm going with my guy who i've liked all season who i've been clamoring for the bills to get all here in the draft jordan davis was in my he was the star of the show um, was in the spotlight. <laughs> absolutely he's a big guy so it's tough to get him out of the spotlight but his performance on the field or at the combine was equally ridiculous we know if if anything brandon bean loves a good raz score right brandon bean is all about that raz no trouble <laughs> no tremaine that's right but when you see a six foot six 340 plus pound guy run a four seven eight that's insane he has a 10 three broad jump we just mentioned Calvin austin had an 11 over 11 uh as a 5 7 175 pound guy this is like almost triple Calvin austin but in comparison just in comparison to notable players of the past pam Mahomes ran a 4 8 during his combine 40 yard dash jimmy graham the obviously athletic tight end during his combine uh, had a 10-foot broad jump. So Jordan Davis out-jumped Jimmy Graham and outran Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, all, all the knocks are, well, he's a he's only a two-down line, lineman, so why would you spend all that draft capital on a, on a two-down lineman? Or he's never going to run 40 yards in any scenario. He's, he's plays in the box, obviously. So who cares? If he's a two-down lineman and those two downs are downs that allow Ed Oliver to be single-teamed or maybe not even block because Jordan Davis is a beast. And I, I think he, he can actually be more than a two-down linebacker. He's he's that athletic and he's that much of an impact player, which I think, again, Bean likes his rotation. So every defensive lineman on our team is pretty much a two-down lineman. But if this guy's causing chaos the first two downs and causing teams to get into third and longs that's only good for our defense so i would very happily welcome that 
as a first round pick if he does fall to us. So Jordan Davis definitely on my radar. He didn't have his uh his junk uh come out of his his spandex shorts either. Like that one guy did that one year. So that's impressive alone from a guy that. Another guy under the radar that that I was super impressed with, who's a project. And are we in the market for projects at this point? Because we're in like a win now mode, right? So let's get guys who are impactful right from the jump. But this this guy I think is worth it, and he reminds me of uh, a little bit of a, a Max Crosby esque player coming from a small school. I was really impressed with Miami of Ohio edge dominique robinson he had a 41 inch vertical which tied miles garrett for the third best among edge rushers at the combine so miles garrett that's pretty good company he's 6'5 253 this is my favorite part and this is where the insane athleticism comes from he was a former wide receiver and we have a history with wide receivers converting to different positions a la george wilson and playing pretty well at that said position, I like this Dominique Robinson guy as a later round pick who can be a project for this team. And he's raw, but there's obviously something there that uh, a good coaching staff can can raise his ceiling on. So I like that. And then my third guy, I'm, I'm going to the cornerback room because we need a corner. And if he falls to us, Tony, there was another LSU cornerback that fell to us around the 20, mid-20s range a couple of years ago. I think we need a repeat performance. I'm liking Derek Stingley Jr. I watched videos online this past week of him just shutting down Jamar Chase during practices, just being a beast in-game against the opposition. Like, if we have dual LSU cornerbacks who are really, really good and shut down corners in their own right, I'm happy with that. Those are my three guys that that I looked at. But like the Bills can go a lot of different ways, and we'll get into probably as we get closer to the draft the ways they can go to. But I love the combine. It seems like the most useless thing ever. <laughs> I just agree. Really? I definitely put value in the combine. I put value in it to see just like how athletically gifted these guys are. I think that counts for a lot though. But I, I I'd rather watch like what they have during the game to see if I'm if I'm really buying in. I think it's tougher to see knowing that they're from such a wide range of talent, opposition of talent on their team, a wide range of like how quality is their coach. I need I need the raw measurables, baby. I need those raw measurables. You need those raw measurables. Mm-hmm. Tony likes it raw, listeners. I like it as raw measurable. Yeah. You know I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Tony, that's all I have for the NFL. Let's let's talk about Bills. You ready to, to get into uh, our hometown team here? Uh, do it. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> take it away, Marv. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, let's get into a lot of Bills news. Let's start on the field. And like I said in the opening, I feel like this is a big week for you with some of the players that you're not favorable with. I want to start with the uh, the toothless wonder himself, Cole Beasley requesting a trade. Tony, we're, we're good with this, right? <laughs> get him out of here. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it doesn't take a genius to realize that we can live a better life. Here in Buffalo, if we parted ways with Cole Beasley and was able to move on now in peace. With the streets a little safer, we can rest our head a little bit easier at night. If Cole Beasley was just to be in another team, and even better, we could re-sign his heir apparent into a speedier, more athletic, more fun, more sound person. Better dancing. Hey, Mr. 
better dancer in Mr. Isaiah McKenzie. That's right. The only thing we're sad about this are uh, orthodontic surgeons throughout the area. I mean, I don't think anybody's sad about this. The weird thing is, like, he requested a trade. The team, Brandon Bean, whoever, granted him permission to seek a trade, his agent to seek a trade. What if they don't find a suitor? Like, they're just going to cut him, right? Like, there's no way he's coming back from that. No, Brandon Bean is saying to that. Justice down the lane, he said on Jan- about oh, January 6th. There's our first watch. Not on my watch. <laughs> If Brandon Bean could get a pick out of Lee Smith, you're telling me Cole Beasley isn't gonna isn't gonna get something from someone? That's exactly what I thought. If you can get a pick out of Lee Smith, he's not even in the league anymore. That's <laughs> one more. That's one more roster spot. Trade to Atlanta. There you go. Perfect. This league. There you go. Perfect. I'll take it. Give me Quadrillson back. Get get a local guy back here. I'm okay with it. That's exactly what I thought. I think he's on the. I think he's in the CFL still. I think he is still. We'll get him on the show. That'd be a good guest. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, though. If you can get something for Lee Smith, if you can get something for Russell Bodine, those guys had way less value than Cole Beasley has currently. Cole is is still a a very good slot receiver, uh, very dependable. And despite what we may think of him personally, he, he was a big part of Josh's growth. And those first couple of years of, of, of Josh becoming the chosen one, becoming the franchise QB. So no matter what happens, I'm thankful for, for what Cole Beasley did to help this organization coming out of the drought and, and really putting us into a new era of Buffalo Bills football. He was a big part of it. I mean... The, the writing's on the wall. and But again, despite his number of receptions being similar from 2021 to 2020, the big thing is yards after catch. And we talked about, let's get a guy who, not a play facilitator, but a playmaker. And once he gets that ball, he can do something with it. And if that's Isaiah McKenzie, great. I love Isaiah. You love Isaiah. But Cole has been great for this organization, for the growth of Josh. But I, I think it's time to move on from from a football standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, from a, a personal standpoint. It's time for a new change of change of scenery, Cole. Tim Green-Warren, I know. You know where he would fit right in? These all make sense to me. Where? New Jersey. Is that where Mulaney's from? Mulaney from Chicago. Oh, and, oh, he, you should have said Chicago. You had your second Mulaney. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've had a bunch in the queue. Chicago could use a receiver. Uh, that is kind of true. Chicago could use a receiver. And they're probably looking for some sort of reliability, right, high football, high quality football DNA kind of guy like Kobe. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But in my mind, I was like, let's just, let's just dump everything I don't want right onto Dable. That's my, that's my strategy of the offseason. That seems to be the growing trend is anybody we release cut trade is going to go to the Giants in some way. It makes me wonder about Cole Beasley and the Giants. Because to me, like, Dable would kind of want Cole Beasley. Absolutely. I would think. Yeah. And maybe if, you know, like, a little compensatory, not compensatory because it's too technical of a term, but if a little bit of added compensation one way or the other through, like, a mid to late round pick, Comes along, there would be Joey Galloway in here. But a slot for a slot. Joey Galloway? Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> That's his name. Like, see, I, I was thinking more like, if we're looking at the Giants roster, if we're slot for slot, I'm I want and a guy I wanted in the draft last year. I'm looking at a Kadarius Tony. You think that Cole Beasley and Kadarius Tony <laughs> are going to be even close enough to the same value that that trade could possibly work? No, but like Cole Cole in a in a fifth for Kadarius Tony, like you wouldn't do that. I would do that. The Giants wouldn't do that in a million years. Are you going to think so? In a fifth? No. Oh. 
I don't know. Maybe. And he ended up being really good. I was going to say, like, Cole and a first or second. Because he was, like, became proven. I think his I tone of value is through the, as high as it could possibly be right now. He's injury prone. I don't know. We don't know that. All right. What, what about this hypothetical trade scenario? Cole Beasley, Zach Moss, and a third-round pick for Saquon Barkley and Kadarius Tony. Would you do that? I'm not really that interested in Barkley. Really? Oh, no. Why not? Because the injuries? Because the injuries and, uh, and the expense. Hmm. I mean, it would, certainly, it would certainly take some serious restructuring. But in many ways, I'm just like, oh, I just kind of don't want the headache of, of that restructuring. Sure. For a player that that I'm just like not that excited about. I mean, he's a good running back. A lot of running backs are good running backs. Yeah, there's like there's only so many plays we could possibly run in a game. Now you want to talk about getting Christian McCaffrey in here? No, speaking the language a little bit more. Oh, now, so, I feel you, like so you're more on board with McCaffrey? I'm more on board with McCaffrey than Barkley. Yeah. Really? Yes, really. Interesting. Bar- I mean, McCa- they're both very injury prone. McCaffrey's played what, like 12 games the past three seasons or something like silly. But when he does play, he's, he's amazing. He's also, well, I, I have a theory. Now, I'm no, <laughs> I'm no doctor here, but yeah. I have a theory that his injury proneness comes from the fact that he's the entire offense. Okay. And his view that touch. Right. So his body is just worn down constantly all the time. And that. And we, uh, and we have so, top tier training staff as well. That was exactly my next word. Yep. And we're the, we are the least injured team in the league. Knock on wood. Thanks to that, or take that or join a catch up. <laughs> so, uh, maybe if Chris McCaffrey can go anywhere to find success, it would be out. The organic ketchup is the new deer antler spray, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever modern alternative medical miracle. <laughs> <laughs> is going yeah. through the league like it's organic ketchup's time to shine. Organic ketchup time to shine. Organic ketchup is having a moment. It's having a moment. Basically, that's on McDermott. This segment sponsored by Organic Ketchup. We need to get them as a sponsor. That'd be great. Yeah, let's just about organic ketchup like it's a company. <laughs> Not just someone with vinegar and tomatoes making ketchup. <laughs> right. I just think whether it's Barkley or McCaffrey, it's too risky. Those guys' contracts are way too big. You would have to have whatever team they're coming from, Panthers, Giants, whatever, eat some of that salary cap cost to make it work, plus a restructure, plus you're probably giving up a lot of capital because they are good players in their own right when they're on the field. It's just they're not on the field very often. So they both scare me quite a bit, and they're both probably guys I wouldn't trade for, honestly. I'd, I'd rather draft someone or run it back with Zach Moss. When we did our highlights or plays of the year show. Like there was a lot of Zach Moss highlights in the early early in the season, both in the run game and the pass game. And you know what whatever happened, I don't know. But like I said, I said in the on a past episode, maybe he has a Devin Singletary enlightened moment where he gets himself right and in the off season and becomes a running back we we thought he could be when we drafted him. So I wouldn't well, I will say that, run it back. I will say this of all the things that I want to happen this off season, and this is like one of the lowest on my list. What, trading for a running back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even looking at these guys and even addressing these rumors, because I know we've been pretty good with not much of a run game. So it's not like I'm all uppity about it. This is just like, I like Christian McCaffrey enough as a player. But I also know that I like Brandon Bean. I'm looking for long-term success. And so the last thing I want Brandon Bean and his team to do is to get into any kind of like calf quicksand that's going to bring them in. Because as you know, just like John Mulaney, we all thought that in our adult lives, quick then was going to be much more of a danger than it ended up being. 
If anybody knows anything about Mulaney, it's he despises Quicksand. Absolutely. <laughs> He's not afraid of it anymore, but no, he did been good. And also, I think Brandon Bean, if we look at his track record, not one to invest a lot of dollars into the running back position. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. I just don't, unless he just changes his roster building strategy completely like a 180 like i just don't see it happening i just don't see him going out and getting a huge contract running back and we found it's not a recipe for success with the bills or pretty much in the entire league i mean look at the cowboys with ezekiel elliott and for one player takes up like an eighth of their whole salary cap so running back is not a position being invested in and nor should he in my opinion so it'll be interesting to see if they do make a big splash i I would expect it to be on the defense side but that's just my opinion tony a a couple guys got released cue the sarah mclaughlin cue the highlight reel for these couple guys uh do you want to start with the guy you you kind of like or the guy you despise uh, let's go with the guy I kind of like. Okay, AJ Klein was released in a move that I, I saw coming. I mean, you're you're saving over $5 million in, in the cap with this cut. It's only costing the club less than a half a million dollars in dead cap money. So it was just, it was just too much for, for a backup linebacker who appeared in 31 games, 15 starts, and was very reliable and, and very solid and, and when he was put into a starting position. But this year, he was mostly a special teams guy and special package guy on defense, run heavy package guy on defense. He was on the field for just 29% of plays. And I just don't think you can invest $5 million in a guy that's on the field for 29% of plays. So are you sad to see this move? I don't think the book is closed on AJ Klein. I very well think he could go out there and test the market and say, you know, maybe I'm only a 2 to $3 million player. And then Come back with the Bills. I, I could see that happening. Why not? We do have a tendency to let players go, and then all of a sudden they're on the team again next year. Right. Because that, and that's part of the the big baller being wizardry. As we've done with Isaiah McKenzie and we've lost on, on more than one occasion. I don't think that this is going to be one of those situations. I think AJ Klein will, will definitely find his way onto another team, and, he, and he's good enough to do so. I just was a lot more comfortable having that kind of linebacker depth because I know that we've we've had times where linebackers on our team sort of the dominoes sort of fall, and all of a sudden we have guys starting that we're like, oh boy, this could be a situation. It never has been a situation, but it's kind of been okay. But I don't know. I felt a lot more comfortable having that depth. But when you got to start paying Josh, the depth is what you have to sacrifice. So I get it. I just hope that Milano and and right. Edmonds stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's all we can hope for. I, I think when I think when Dodson resigned. For the year, I think the right yeah. one's on the wall for AJ Klein. Yeah. That, that was my opinion. And then if you're looking at guys like maybe Andre Smith or Joe Giles Harris, who has starting experience in this league with the Jaguars, they, they can fill special teams roles. And I actually, Andre Smith was a guy, actually they both were, but Andre Smith especially during the preseason last year was a guy that stood out on the defensive side of the ball. And um, maybe they see something. Maybe you see something they have there that, that could serve as a backup in Phil Klein's role in Andre Smith. So, you know, I wouldn't see that. I wouldn't mind if they if they draft a linebacker, picked up Edmonds' fifth year. Being talked about this week doesn't seem like they're has have started discussions on an extension for Edmonds or have dove into that yet. Maybe they maybe they draft a linebacker in, in case you know Edmonds is no longer on the team pass this year. But AJ Klein, good solid player. Great letter tattoos on his arms. Almost, almost that. 
we need a guy who forgets his own name and has to memento himself by drawing tattoos of letters on his on his arms. Toy, let's get into the play. Drawing tattoos like he's tattooing himself. Wasn't that memento? Oh, he was like a movie moment, though. Yeah, wasn't he? No, I know. You're not talking about. Okay. He was looking at views on himself, so he remembered. I'm here for you. Now, now I get you. Now you I get you. You have to speak. <laughs> Moving on to a move that I, I can only imagine when it was announced. You were celebrating, dancing on the ceiling, whatever, shooting the graffiti guns. John Feliciano is now no longer a bill. I was more happy for Ryan Beat than anything. Because to me, our getting rid of him is we're saying, let, let's bet on Bates. Yeah. It's kind of how I and how I see it. We're taking the Right. Oh, oh, well done. Yeah. yeah. We're saying, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I see that, I see it as more like they watched what I watched in that we didn't have the line figured out for a while last year. And it always kind of seems to take this iteration of the Bills a while to figure out the offensive line situation in a season. But when it finally got figured out, John Feliciano wasn't a part of it. Right. I felt validated. I felt good that, you know, they were watching what I was watching. And that means they'll bring Ryan Bates back. He's a restricted free agent. Yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm sitting on that too as, as they are better. But we've been waiting for that Ryan Bates extension for two months now, Tony. As I put on Twitter, where is it? Brandon, get our, get our sweet prints back in the fold, please. You're making it too nervous for everyone. But ever since this first training camp, Tony, you were an anti-John Feliciano guy due to his lackadaisical stretching. Yes, he is not very technically sound in warm-ups. He seems to, he, the warm-ups that I watched, he was literally going through his warm-ups. And that was also, how would you put it, confirmation bias, I guess, for me, because I asked my friend when we signed him, who was a Raiders fan, what to do with this guy we just signed from the Raiders, John Feliciano, and he said, oh, well, I mean, he's like kind of just a death beast. I wouldn't expect him to start. And he's injured all the time. And I feel injured all the time. And then I see him warm up. <laughs> and that's the day's equivalent. I'm like, oh, I'm going to all the time. Like, yeah, it's starting to make sense. The writing's on the wall here. Exactly. So ever since then, ever ever since then, I was anti-Feliciano. Plus, he wasn't great on the field as well. So yeah. it all just... Sometimes he was. Like, he was a real mauler sometimes on the field. But he definitely... Was. I don't... That's I don't need someone who's a sometimes a mauler. I need someone who brings it all the time. Yeah, I definitely appreciated his tenacity for sticking up for Josh or his teammates yeah. on the field. But from a technique standpoint, he was he was quite lacking, I think. Uh, and especially after he lost the weight this past offseason, I, I don't think he ever just figured it out with like from the physical standpoint after he lost that weight. So. The Bills do save about $3.4 million with this move, which gets them back under the salary gap, this and the Klein moves. So that, that's good from a financial standpoint. But it seemed to come down to Feliciano willing to take a pay cut or not. And reports are being said they couldn't keep him at his current salary. So either take a pay cut or go. And well, the writing was on the wall. He's gone. But it's interesting. We saw last year some guys take pay cuts to stay on the team. Vernon Butler, Mitch Morris, some rest- a lot of restructures of contracts. This is the opposite scenario. So I was I was a little surprised, honestly, for a guy who maybe he thinks he can still be a starter in this league, but he was obviously replaced by Ryan Bates and saw very little time on the field post that. He dealt with COVID issues and injuries this past season. So I was, I guess, a little surprised he didn't take a pay cut to stay on a contender with an organization. Thought they valued him due to his versatility of playing center or guard. But like you said, maybe that's just, that's good news for us bait heads out there. 
that Ryan Fultz is bad because he kind of plays the same role. Center guard, versatility, and I think he's much better for, well, we don't know what offense Dorsey's running, but I would assume it's very similar to what Dable ran in terms of getting out on swings and in in zone and out in the flat and and really shifting the line of scrimmage. Bates is much better from an athletic standpoint in doing that than Feliciano was. So hopefully... We get Ryan Bates news soon. I think that's what it comes down to at this rate. I'm also looking for this draft to include multiple interior offensive linemen. Oh. I just feel I feel like we at least one or two. I feel like, yeah. I feel like the stage is set. We're we did outside last year, we did tackles last year. Now we're gonna go inside and start to and start to build this the future of this line as some as some of the veterans veteran their way out of things. And we can have some cost control talent on the offensive line. Makes sense. Speaking of free agency couple of rumors out there with uh, some Bills players. We talked about McCaffrey and Barkley trades. We- this, is, this is what you're looking for. Not what you're getting with. Let's get into it. Rumors. I was thinking like rumors. rumors. Look at all these rumors surrounding me. Let's get you some rumors. <laughs> Tony, apparently Shaq Lawson wants back in. Mm-hmm. Are you opening your arms and welcoming him back into the fold? Mm-hmm. The price is right. See, that's what I think. I think the price will could be right. I think it will. I, yeah, that's where I'm stuck too. I'm thinking like I a bad minimum. The price will be right or it could be right. I think it could be right. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, he obviously left for greener pastures a couple years back mm-hmm. to Miami. And when I say greener, I mean money green, chasing the paycheck. Which is fine. We all are. We're all hustling. Didn't work out. Three teams in two years. You know, from Miami traded to Houston and then Houston to the Jets. And he probably just wants to be in his happy place again. Like like Happy Gilmore. Just go to your happy place. Uh, which is which is the Buffalo Bills organization. And if, if you get a guy who's bounced around like that for two or so years now, he can probably come cheap. Like a, like a prove it two-year bridge deal for a vet minimum and get his swagger back a little as, as we say like come here and be the best you you can be best version of yourself you can be i i'm okay with that i mean his final year with the bills he had six and a half sacks we always loved his his stoutness against the run i always thought he was one of the smarter defensive linemen we've had in the past what seven years in terms of diagnosing plays and cutting off running lane, things like that. So I would be happy to have Shaq back. If anything, I think he's great depth, especially if you lose a guy like Addison. Maybe if you lose a guy like Hughes, you need a veteran presence on the defensive ends. Why, why not Shaq? I do like the idea of walking around town saying the sack attack was back, Jack. <laughs> so, the only reason. Yeah, in that sense, I'm more excited about having him back than I was at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I would be, I would be, I'm into having him back as, uh, as long as I think the price would be right, and I think it would be. But, but, yeah, I'm fine. It'd be fun. Get him back here. Did you like Shaq? Go back here. Did you like Shaq when he was here initially? I liked Shaq during that one McDermott year that he was here for. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was the year I liked him the most. If McDermott can get the best out of him, why not run no, it back? Was it two years? Was it two years? Did we have two years under McDermott? Mm. It's interesting. No, it was done positive. I know, well, he definitely had one, I know that, so. Because it was like, I want to say it was just one, because it was like Jordan Phillips last year, too, wasn't it? They still left at the same time, yeah. 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 It was definitely one, we know that. But I would be okay with, with Shaq. Uh, I would actually be okay with Jerry Hughes coming back as well. You too. I'm done with Addison. Like, but Jerry Hughes is a guy who, like I said, retirement tour, one year vet minimum, or you know maybe some bonuses in there to uh, 
to give him for his dedication to the team and the organization. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. His advanced stats were really good last year, his pressure rates and things like that. So I don't oh, know. Really? he just isn't a guy that, that finishes, but he's there. He makes stuff happen. So I wouldn't mind that at all, bringing Jerry Hughes back as well. Uh, Tony, what other rumors caught your eye this week from the Bills? What's catching my eye is a rumor going on that maybe we're tutors for Evan Ingram. Ooh. That came out like today. That's right. Well, that's how fast I operate. And you got to operate that fast. And in this crazy and, free agency world, in this market, so they're happening. Movers, movers and shakers. You got to be on the ball. That's right. Would you like having Ingram in here? I actually would. Despite his injury history, despite his drops, which he's prone to, the guy is athletically talented. And if he's your number two tight end, if they can find a role for him, creating mismatches in in the slot between the hashes, you look at a lot of Evan Ingram, and it's exactly the opposite of what we talked about with Cole Beasley. Like when he catches the ball, he does stuff after the play. He's that he's that athletically talented. So I can just imagine two tight end packages with him and Dawson Knox and. Uh, that puts a smile on my face. I would be very happy with that situation. I would be very happy with that situation, too. I would be very excited about Evan Ingram. But I think, especially with the highlights that are now starting to go around my Twitterverse. <laughs> right. Johnny, which is obviously all, like, you know, the best. Like the one-handed synthesis, yeah. Right, exactly. Now, what scares me a little was that other tweet that I saw before he was connected to the bill of that, that rumors are going around that, like, hey, look for Evan Ingram to be here as a tight end last slot receiver teams have him and are envisioning him sort of in both roles or interchangeably in roles and i'm like "Mm, i don't know if i'm looking for him to replace cole in any kind of way shape or form but i am looking for him to be an additional weapon i don't want him to be a replacement i want him to be an addition so that and that's that's right, Sam, but I do think I like Evan Ingram enough that I would love to see him in, in our version of Red, White, and Blue. Yes. His market value did seem a little high. It was like in the $8 million range. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him maybe on a, a one-year prove-it deal, like a, like a Daryl Williams situation. Get him in here for, for a... To make the contract work in such a way that it's like... Get him in here for a year. Not severely against the cash glass. He also understands there's a big opportunity for you because you're coming to a contender. So you're going to have to play our game a little bit. Right. And I, I basically see it as like, he should pretty much pay up <laughs> for us to sign him, to get him out of the dying situation. Right. You should you should be paying us to get out of catching passes from Daniel Jones. Or Trubisky, yeah. That, that's the other big rumor a lot of people are on their knees for mitch mitch these days like you said tony mm-hmm. yeah i'd be okay with evan ingram as well yeah that's that's the only rumors i heard tony other than the trends um, you got any more well of course there's the rumor that was ambiguous that's the speculation of the week and that was brandon bean saying publicly that a big name free agent approached him ah yes and then of course everyone speculated as to who it was and then this morning, I read on Nate Geary's tweet that Nate he Geary knows. does know who it is. Who do you think it is? Well, he, well, Nate Geary kind of alluded to this notion in his conversation on Twitter uh, that he does know who it is and that it's Jason Jackson. That seems to be the consensus. That does, yeah, yeah, it's a sensible consensus. Which would be, which would be interesting. Two years of getting burnt by Stefan Diggs doesn't want to experience any experience it anymore. So. Come to our side. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Can't beat them, join them. Right. I think I am more in favor than I would ever be of a bigger name outside cornerback because let's keep in mind that Trent's not going to be ready till like Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, Trey's not right. So I would like a little bit more stability, and I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay a little less smart in this game. They, they have a little bit more stability on there, and then when Trey comes back, it's like, oh, sweet bonus! Now we got two shutdown corners. Watch us thrive now for the next couple months, right, right to the Super Bowl. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was. Allen Robinson, wide receiver from the Bears. That's what some were speculating too. Which I would be thrilled with. He's a guy who has never had a good quarterback in his career. Well, I mean, Mitch is okay, but he no no Josh Allen level quarterback with the Jaguars. He had Blake Bortles and Chicago. He had Trubisky and Fields and Andy Dalton and whoever else they trotted out there. Guy who was just. Super talented, great route running, huge catch radius. He kind of reminds me of, to put it in Bill's terms, like a combination of Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. <laughs> if you put those two guys and fuse them into one, I think we get it close to an Allen Robinson, in my opinion. So that would be a guy I would love to bring in, even if he wasn't the one reaching out to the Bills. I would love to bring him in. And Did you know the Kikas was a big name for Legion, though? Oh, No. I do. I mean, he's, a, he's a name, but I think we only see him as a name because of his position, because of because of playing football implications. I mean, yeah, like I, I don't know. I just think he's. I don't think he's that big of a name. He, I think he's definitely someone who could who could sputter out with the next team just as much as he could be likely to be a best belt with the next team. No, I, I think he's. You never mentioned Joey McKinney Galladay. <laughs> Kenny <laughs> Galladay, cousin of Joe Galladay, was considered to be way better than him. And you see what happened there. It was like a fan of nothingness. Yeah, but I feel like that's just a product of him going to a really crappy situation in New York or in New Jersey. Uh-huh. You know, now he has. He had Matt Stafford throwing him the ball in Detroit. And then he goes to the Giants and has. Daniel Jones, and that, that's such a downgrade to me from just a receiver combo perspective. It could also could also go for his beating instead, which is, I think, to me, like a, a big free agent wide receiver situation is like one of the highest risk as far as making big free agent splashes to do. Because I think it's, I think they always get, they always get overpaid, like insanely overpaid. Yeah. And Alan Robinson, Potentially could be no different in this case, but you could also go to some place where it's deep, like us, or like the Bucks, and then he's just another. You know, he's not he's not a star. He's not the guy. He's just another big spot that kind of is in the that's in the that's in the barn. I don't know. There's a lot to think about with Allen Robinson. Yeah, there there is, but I mean, he's a guy like I said with a bad quarterback playing in Chicago. He had two. Well, he had a, a, over 100 receptions one year, like 96, 98, something around the next year and over a thousand yards each year. So he, he produced on some pretty not high level offenses. So again, just a guy like that with Josh, I think he could, he could really thrive. So I think we're both on the same page of like, we hope being makes a splash. Let's just talk about the the notion that players are now calling the bills. Like how far we've come in this organization from overpaying for the Derek Dockeries of the world to now players actually coming to us and saying, "Hey, I want to play for your organization." That is such a, in Robert Royal's terms, a a fresher breath air. Nice. Yeah, uh, you gotta you gotta throw it back to the intro song. So that that's great to see. Oh, it's very interesting. I never thought we'd get to that. I mean, it's just weird because, like, you watch that happen with other teams that are foreign to you for so many years, and then it's happening to your team, and it's like, oh, what? And it's it's very jarring. It's you know what it's like. It's kind of like it's like the movie She's Out of My League. Okay, yeah, with James. <laughs> yeah, who, exactly. If you, if you squint without your glasses on, kind of looks like John Mulaney. 
Mm, okay, you have to do that. Uh, but it's just like, because I'm like, I'm like, this is like the way he's thinking, like, oh, this is happening to me. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to play this emotionally. Right. Because this does not make sense. Very underrated movie as well. I would just, yeah, it is a pretty good underrated movie, I think. Good cast. TJ Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It has, yeah, not a bad movie. It's really good. Uh, it's like a good cable movie. Good, oh, good. Definitely good. Like, if it's on TNT, I'm going to. Yeah, I have it on. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a kind of movie that's just built for that. Like it, it slows, it slows for a tab commercial break. <laughs> right, exactly. So there are a couple other signings. We'll get to those next week because we can't get them. We can't get them all in. But uh, it'll be like I said, six days a week till free agent period opens up. A lot of roster bonuses coming for some players shortly. So there'll be a lot of noise throughout the league in these upcoming weeks, free agency and cuts and trades. Like Seattle releasing Bobby Wagner. That's a guy I would kill to have in a Bills jersey. Um, I would cut Tremaine Edmonds today if it meant having Bobby Wagner on the team. Because that's such an upgrade to me. Oh, I, I know. It is definitely an upgrade. But in some ways, it, how much do I want to... What I have to ask myself is how much do I want to recreate the family here? Or do I want to... like? It's like Josh said, like, oh, there's some urgent, there was some urgency to last year, knowing that people were going to start leaving after last year. Right. You know, and it's like that. So there's definitely some urgency to it that, like, that's the group we want to get the ring for. So the question is, how much do you want to recreate this group? Do you, do you want to look at this and be like, oh, this is like kind of a new group with a new group dynamic and new big pieces? Or do you just want to sustain as much as you can in the old group and say, let's give another run for them? Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Quick trivia question. <laughs> question we all have to go it is yes we need to think long and hard really really deep within ourselves to really tackle that moral question quick trivia question for you tony in the last five years what is the lowest amount of tackles bobby wagner has had in the year oh geez mm, i'm gonna totally guess i'm gonna say 92 no 133 this is low. Oh, okay there's only 40 off okay that's an insane that's his lowest number mm. extremely durable he's played it looks like i mean he's had what an eight eight year career I'm looking at, and he's only missed like less than seven games. I mean, 31. He's still got at least three good years in him. Again, just a guy I would kill to have. So it seems like Seattle's kind of blowing it up. Russell Wilson trade, releasing Bobby Wagner, spending all their draft capital on Jamal Adams. Do we go trade for? Speaking of wide receivers, do we go trade for DK Metcalf? Like that would be. A great splash, a big splash we're looking for from being. No, a big splash, kind of high risk, if you ask me. Really? I mean, a little bit. I, it just seems like his skill set is not the kind of scope that we value. Big guys are just good. Exactly. We're like <laughs> five guys who are great. You like some, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his personality would fit into Buffalo. Yeah. That's what I would worry about the most. Like, he seems like a guy who's just so naive to, to Buffalo. He'd be like, oh, Buffalo? Like, where is that? <laughs> you know, kind of vibe. So like John Felice as well. Exactly. Guess what, John Feliciano? You need a you need another quarterback to get you your glasses of wine now. Josh isn't your, your servant boy anymore. Very specific Snapchat that went around in very tight circles. It bothered me. Of John, of John Feliciano on Josh Allen's couch. Yeah. It bothered me. I don't I don't want to see my franchise quarterback treated treated like that. What is so, that? John Feliciano should be getting his wine. That's right. You're right. Where's the uh-huh. hi- where's the hierarchy here? And 
in the organization in the roster. <laughs> Tony, you ready to uh to wrap this this sucker up here? Let's put a ball on this thing. All right, we'll be back after the break. We're gonna have the return of our one Seinfeld segment. We will be back after a word from our sponsor. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now, back to the show. And we are back, Tony, wrapping up the episode. Let's do a little one Seinfeld. One Seinfeld, of course. We take a quote from our favorite show, Seinfeld, in case couldn't put two and two together, from Seinfeld and how that quote relates to how we're feeling about Buffalo sports, Bill Sabres. Tony, would you like to do the honors or would you like me to go first? Uh, I would be happy to go first because I bet the yours is going to end up being stronger. Okay. I think mine is good. The obvious one. All right, what do you got? I think mine is something that we're all feeling, and it's very mainstream. Everyone's doing something. We'll do nothing. Yeah, I think it's in many ways. No, no, it's not from the opposite. It's from it's from uh, the writing of the of the pilot of Jerry. Oh, when they created the show, everyone's doing something. We'll do nothing. Yes, that's right. Yes, (laughs) but I mean, of course, it relates to the Bills because I'm left to see uh, Khalil Mack getting traded for pennies. I'm left to see. I'm, you know, I'm left to see uh, players being traded really throughout the league right. for pretty good deals and for ideas that they're not coming to the Bills. And the AFC, as we said earlier in the episode, is getting stronger, and we're not really being a part of that. I mean, it helps, of course, that we're already pretty strong, maybe the strongest. But, you know, I still want the off-season excitement of hope to come in to, you know, give me, give me something to get excited about. Give me something to talk about at work. Give me, give me something here. Let's have a little fun. That's right. Everyone's doing something. We're going to do nothing? <laughs> yes. I want something. I want that splash. Let's do something. I want, I want, I want something cool. <laughs> uh, my quote is actually from, in, in kind of the same vein, uh, I'm going to episode 13 of season four, The Pick. It's Jerry's okay. There was no pick, of course. Controversy. <laughs> but uh, Jerry's monologue, and I don't think I'll do my Jerry, bad Jerry voice, but he's quoted as saying, And I'm not here just defending myself, but all those pickers out there who have been caught, each and every one of them, who has to suffer the shame and humiliation because of people like you. Are we not human? If we pick, do we not bleed? I am not an animal. Tony, when when Jerry speaks about picking, it's nose picking. I'm talking about picking draft picks, picking free agents, Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean, I need you to be a picker here. I need you to make some noise. I need you to take that Lombardi trophy that is so close and really grab it and go for it, if you will. I need you to be a picker. I need you to to be in the picker category here. Kind of kind of goes along with yours. I want to just do something. It's a call out to Brandon Bean, but in your case, more so in the draft. In my case, more so in free agency. So we're really looking for him to to, dem- to demonstrate his, his abilities to be like when we see continually the other powerhouse teams of the league like do things that we say, man, and luxury on top of luxury, the rich are getting richer. I want to see us getting richer. Yeah, I want to see Brandon Bean demonstrate, see what they're doing, demonstrate a little street smart. <laughs> Street smart. And show up, show, show us something like that. Let's get us excited. Was that like a was that a show, Street Smarts? Um, 
was that like the, was that like the predecessor to Billy on the Street kind of vibe? Like people would go up after Billy on the Street because it was it was his bit based on his assemblies in school, um, but then it translated into a character that was on Big Mouth. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. I think you're kind of connecting it to Big Mouth. Yes. Okay. I got, I'm with you now. The, the the thing is, like, we want Brandon Bean to make moves because we see these other teams making moves and not necessarily passing the Bills or by or, or leaping over the Bills. I think the Bills are still a top-tier NFL team. Yeah, they're trying to catch. Right, but there's more teams catching up, and they're, the teams that are catching up are getting closer, <laughs> and that's why... I need that separation still. I need that's why I need Bean to to not to not uh to sit on his hands. I need him to be a picker. I need him to do something, not nothing. So yeah, I I think I, I want to see that that gap again. I want to see the Bills stay in that elite category, or they they always stay in the elite. I just don't want to see other teams slowly creep up to their the bill status if you will. Um, so that that's what we got. Tony wrapping up the episode. Thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozies starting at just $5, bottles, cans, growlers. They got a koozie for everything. St. Patrick's Day right around the corner. Check out their St. Patrick's Day koozie. It'd be awesome down at the parade. Uh, Big talking point. Uh, Check out travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Witty, not funny, all one word, search. T-shirts, just 20 bucks. We got long sleeves, we got hoodies, we got tanks, summer. That weather's getting warmer, Tony. You need the tank. Got to show off the guns. The summer bod. Get a witty, not funny tank top. Teespring.com. Witty, not funny. All one word. Support the podcast. Where you can find the podcast, you can find us on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Dropping every Sunday. Give us a listen. We like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podcast Attic, wherever your fine podcasts are listened to for free. Tony, Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you? Well, they can find me Jerry Ambrose. They can also find me at Tony Ambrose, Dealer's Choice. Tony Ambrose. Oh, Dealer's Choice. Always always good. Why not? Let's make a deal. Probably doesn't like. Is that what it's called? Let's make a deal? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Shout out Wayne Brady. The goat, no, Wayne Brady. The goat who's line player. Yeah, exactly. You take it. You take the premise. <laughs> As everyone knows. Um, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Follow Built in Buffalo at Built in Buffalo underscore. Everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find Built in Buffalo. Give us a follow. Subscribe. Check out everything we're doing. Not only our podcast, but all the Built in Buffalo content creators. Awesome stuff every day. Send off for the listeners, Tony. Any wise words this week? I'd like to give wise words from one of my favorite philosophers of recent. The day you couldn't write this, people wrote Star Wars. John Mulaney. Wow. One of the great philosophers of our time. Absolutely. Point. You got, I don't even know, philosophers. Locke? Plato? Plato? I'm <laughs> going like lost characters. Of course, of course, it didn't go with uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Rousseau. That's right. for contract. It's that free. Greg Rousseau's father, of course. Exactly. <laughs> we make so many, uh, so many Rousseau references we should we, should make, we really should make more rousseau references oh i couldn't agree more either. <laughs> yeah, the character rousseau oh wait really yeah, was the woman yeah with the woman that already lived on the island 
Ah, yes, that's right. That's right. The curly hair, dark hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that now. And that's why we need a lost spinoff, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's been five Yep, to recall those. I, I lost my train of thought now, Tony. Uh, <laughs> no, and of course, and of course, you put a rapper. And of course, we put Mulaney in that category as well with the great philosophers of our time. Um, right. As I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace. Goodbye. Goodbye. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.